Damon is an award-winning writer-director from London. At the tender age of seven, he was introduced to the horror genre and has been a big fan ever since. Today, we're talking about the Scream 6 movie. Enjoy the show. Let's just get into it. What do you think about the movie? Um, I thought it was better than the last one. Um, you know, a lot of people had a lot of issues with Scream 5. Didn't like quite the way it moved forward. Didn't feel it had the right tone to it. Um, but then I did like Scream 5 and I, I, thought that, I still thought this one was better. It carries on the, the typical Scream um, motifs. Like you've got your, your what sort of part of horror does it fit into? You know, mm. They've moved on to, whereas the first one is all about setting the rules of horror. The second one was about setting the rules of the sequel. And then in these new ones, we've moved into things like requels and, mm. and stuff like that. So um, it followed all the same expectations as Scream. Um, and it, uh, it delivered, it wasn't, it didn't have the tension of the earlier films, I don't think, but in terms of brutality, it's certainly there, some very violent kills. It is, uh, and this one starts immediately, like, it doesn't waste any time. It yeah, I mean, you've got to, you, you know, you want to set something up for the audience, and Scream always does that very well. Have you, I take you've seen the first one. Yes, I've yeah. seen all um, series, Scream series, and... I think this is the first one where we are more on the killer's perspective compared to the other ones. Like even the, the very first scene, we're seen in the point of view of the killer. And so as the movie progresses, we're, we're dealing more with the feelings of the killer and even and the protagonist and the antagonist. And we're sort of having to come to an idea or of what exactly is a good person and what constitutes that line between being good and bad because you know at the end of the day the the two sisters they were you know trying to save themselves but there was still a line that they, it seems like they were crossing like you know are they good are they bad is this is like a i mean it, it, i suppose it, it's in a way it's dealing with the trauma of the first one that that this that this um new set of characters was in yeah um, so there's obviously that side of it, and that gives you, and especially the way they've uh, put these new ones together with uh, coming back to the whole, it could be anybody, yeah. you know, and all the way through the film, they're, they're essentially trying to tell you who it is. Yeah. Um, but you still have this expectation of it literally, when it comes to the real reveal, could be anybody. So I think the way they have used the trauma in the first film to give you the doubt mm. about the sisters rather than just giving them that neat, straight line that Sydney Prescott always had. Mm. She was always very much the good person. Yeah. You know, there was no ambiguity to her at no. any time. So, whereas somebody like Gail Weathers, they had... I thought it was Gail. Oh, you thought it was Gail? I thought it was Gail. Okay. I, th I was like, she's back for vengeance. Dewey's... Dewey? Dewey? Yeah. Dewey, Dewey, yeah. <laughs> Dewey's Dewey. gone. And she's back to just reenact her revenge. And I thought it all the way through until, until when she, she got attacked. <laughs> As to who you think it is, I mean, it's very difficult to talk too much without... We can spoil away. it. We can spoil so, it. You're okay yeah. with that? They've done kind of... What they're doing with this lot seems very similar to what uh, the new Halloween films did, mm. where with the new Halloween films, if you pay attention to them, what they've essentially done is remade the first Halloween with Halloween 2018. They remade Halloween 2 with Halloween Kills, and they remade Halloween three with Halloween ends um, even to the point of the fonts of each film matched 
the original fonts of those original films. The new screen films seem to be doing a similar trick where if you if you pay attention to the way the sec the this Scream Six rolls out is very similar to the way Scream Two takes it away from Woodsboro, puts it onto I mean in Scream Two it's on a college campus. Here they've got the college aspect to it, but it's more in the city. And then as it comes through to the killer reveal, it's family members of the first film. Mm. No, wow, that's a good link because um, I know like with horror, which was established from like I don't know Hitchcock is he likes to take you out of the familiar surrounding. But I didn't notice until when I was reading that all the past like the first three, outside of um the second and the third, they were outside of Winsboro. So the second was um, in a college, yes, and the so third was on like a Hollywood studio or something like that. Yeah, and then the fourth was they went back to Woodsboro, and yeah. so, and the fifth was also in Woods, Woodsboro. Fifth was Woodsboro. Yeah, so so, so this one was like taking it back there where they're outside of their comfort zone, and it was really. Well, on, another thing I noticed was you know now you're in this busy city, but despite it being so busy, you, you're still experiencing this traumatic thing mm-hmm. where you're still isolated despite being around so many people, because usually you're alone and you're attacked. But now there's people around you. Yeah, and I thought the train sequence yeah. was one of the most effective sequences in the film where they really you was. Know, literally surrounded by people, everybody and setting it, uh, um, you know, as a, uh, at the time they set it so that you've got loads of people all dressed up. Um, exactly. It was perfect. That is so scary. Yeah, and then, you know, even when, even when the, uh, the murder on the subway happened, all the way up until it was like, who's gonna ha- who's gonna get it? Who is actually on the train with the mm. with the actual ghost face? And even when it happened, normally you get you get films like that where people get murdered in public, and you think, oh, how did no one mm. spot this? How did no one do anything? But they managed to do that really well, and I didn't feel that I was pulled away from it because it happened on a busy train. Mm. I still felt that's pretty. That's that could happen. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I think it's um when they when they keep it to a point where you feel like actually that could happen to me, that's when horror films are at their scariest. Mm, that's why I can't do it with like a lot of the new horror films because it just feels too real. And with Scream, I, I I like the fact that they break um I don't know if it's the fourth wall where they sort of reference current like uh, like their their personal lives. Yeah. Because I know in like the first one, for example, um, when Dewey and um, Courtney Cox, this character, meets or something like that, and he goes, um, you look better on TV or on Friends or something like that. Like, he reference, references their lives outside of the movie. And I'm not 100% sure if they did it again this time around, but they do. Oh, something I did pick up was um, somewhat similar to The Matrix, where they're sort of analysing their what they're doing, and, they, and they're also reviewing themselves of what the viewer would see. So it's like... Yeah, and they... Um Oh god, the character's name's gone right out of my head now. Um, oh, from in the, in the original series, it was um, he got killed in the second one. He was he's the guy that really does talk you through it. Uh, mm. uh, he's got all the film knowledge, and he does a lot. There's of that always a film buff in the movies yeah. too. And in this one, I think uh, if I remember rightly, they're related to the the, the girl um, that's describing the, two sisters. the roles. Is, yeah, that, well, I mean no, the brother twins. Um, yes, they're yeah. I think they're related to uh, the character in the first yeah. set of films, where they become the narrators essentially yeah. of 
and all the way through are telling you exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, mm. and yet still you're sitting there wondering what's going to happen. And I think they, if they try and do that trick again, because they did it in the first film, mm-hmm. and they did it in the second film, literally, I think with 20 minutes in, half an hour in, they basically told you how it's going to play out. Yep. I don't think they're going to get away with that again. Mm. And they I, do it every time, though. Um, or even at the end, the, 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 the killer sort of narrates the whole journey. To a degree, I don't, I don't think in the original ones they were quite as um, openly direct about mm. who it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and it was, bec- I think, because they're replaying a trick that the other films did. They're not only um, foreshadowing what's going to happen for you; you've seen it all before, mm-hmm. and it's very. It's got to take some clever writing to be able to do all that, and for people to still go. Well, I thought it was this person. I thought it could have been that person. I didn't expect it to be yeah. this one. I think. The only problem with that I had with the film, it wasn't the reveal, it wasn't uh, the way the character goes from being quite straight-laced and everything to suddenly being all maniacal and crazy like they often do in horror films when mm. they get found out, all of a sudden their whole personality changes. But the, there was a real massive logic flaw mm. with it. When we found out who it was, all of a sudden you go, wait, the whole time the police force didn't know this guy was the father of the first killer. Mm. And he's been allowed to be this involved They changed his name. He changed his name. He had a different name. Did he change his name? Yeah, they had, he had a different name. He missed that. Yeah, he had a different name. and But still, how... How How did a person with change their name get and then to the, be... In the police force. Yeah, in yeah, that higher high without up. any back... They would have done some background checks on him. Yeah. But also, like, <laughs> perhaps because his son was such a big fan of um, of the of the stab franchise or mm. of the story, and he he just was preemptively knew that okay, this boy will probably at some point um, do something crazy. Let me just have a different identity and just and just have that. But yeah, that it was it was crazy. But I feel like even in this movie, like you know, when we find out who the the killer is, who done it, who. The, this time around, it was, I feel like it was the girls that went crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> it was um, Melissa Barrera, Sam Carpenter, and um, Jenna Ortega. Um, I feel like they, they, them two are the ones that really switched. And even they kept cocking their head to the side like the killer would do. Yeah. I hate so the head cock. Yeah. So I hate the head cock. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a mirroring of. I also, I don't like the fact that her dad kept popping up in like this weird. Um, shadowy, um, ghost-like figure that sort of send messages through. I didn't necessarily like that part, but I like the and okay, like you said about the Halloween uh, sort of the mirroring of the first one and the fourth one and the. So I was gonna ask, like, we're seeing characters now, like the protagonists, sort of reenact their vengeance in a very aggressive manner. Is that similar to Halloween, or is that something that's going on in the horror movie? genre where like the protagonist is like fighting back in a very aggressive manner i mean yeah with the new halloween films absolutely oh, jamie I lee thought. curtis basically set up a a, a defense system mm. against michael myers in halloween 2018 um and at the end of that one you know she gets him into the house she's got this whole basement area 
downstairs to catch him in gets mm-hmm. him down burns the house up so yeah there's there's a definite does she keep killing him every every movie she's killed him a number of times now. <laughs> yes. and he keeps coming back yeah she oh, uh, and is the same michael myers it's not a different um, well it depends on how you view the storylines of of the halloween films because there's a number of different trajectories that they've taken mm. you've got the original one which went which included halloween one two four five um I'm pretty sure six was included in there as well, and then you've got the Halloween H2O films, okay. which ignored everything after H2O. Yeah, so that was um, it was it's Halloween was made in 2000, 20 years sorry, 20 years later it was H20, but it got oh, turned yeah. into H2O. So it's a really weird way of saying it's basically saying Halloween water. Okay, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, they is he afraid of water? Is that Jason as afraid of water? I don't know Jason's fine. I think Jason, I don't know if he was ever really afraid of water, but they did, it was a couple of films, well, I think it was one film where he was about to step into the lake and they made him oh. be a little bit edgy about it just because of, so that's where he died. Oh. But the fact that he's hidden in the lake as a as Jason with the mask on and come out with a... With a, um, a cross, shotgun on no, oh, it, was no. a, it was like a crossbow type thing that oh. he came out and shot <laughs> someone with, so I'm, I don't think he's that afraid of the water. Oh, okay. Um, but with the um, with the Halloween, yeah, you've got you've, then you've got so the the H twenty one only was one uh, Halloween one two and then that one and then that was its own storyline and then in these new ones, basically they've said ignore everything after the original Halloween, the whole storyline of Michael Myers being her brother has been erased, which is what John Carpenter wanted. Okay. He never wanted that storyline in there. Um, it wasn't originally written to be part of it. They they after filming. The studio got him to add this one tiny scene where Jamie Lee Curtis's character as a young girl is visiting Michael in the hospital. Mm. That then created the whole Michael's my brother scenario. Mm. So this one undoes all that. Um, so you literally go, you go 1, 18, and then kills and, and ends. But I think, to be fair, Jamie Lee Curtis doesn't kill him in the first one. Donald Pleasance does. Okay. In Halloween 2, Donald Pleasance kills him again. Um... And then Jamie Lee Curtis isn't in it again until um, Halloween H20, and she does kill him. Then she kills him in 18. Then doesn't kill him in ends and kills him in... <laughs> sorry, doesn't kill him in kills and kills him in ends. So she's killed him four or five times. Wow. Um, so I believe this this um, Scream 6 had new directors. Yes. The, these, are the guy, these guys um, directed a film called Ready or Not, uh-huh. um, which is brilliant if you haven't seen it it's really good fun um it's essentially about a family that uh are bringing this outsider in to help fulfill um uh, almost like an offering Mm. and they do it through a really really um extreme version of of hide and seek Mm. so they also did a um a short or one of the parts of the original vhs anthology films which was actually it was the best best of the fir- of, of the one that was in it was the best one, um, so yeah. Then they came on board to after Ready or Not to do to do the new Halloween films, and I think after uh, sorry, new Scream films. Scream films. Um, I think after the first one, people were, were unsure because mm. they took it. They did it had a different tone. It had a different, a slightly different vibe. It was more, it was nastier mm. than the others, and they 
probably I think it's it, one of the criticisms that people have talked to me about with it has been that it was a little bit too much on the nose with the way they're talking about what's happening in films and what's mm. happening at the moment you know in the like you were sort of saying yeah. about the way they're describing what's happening to themselves okay. through the rule of film yeah. where in the original films it was it was small snippets where that happened and but this one it was you know there were big sequences of being very pointedly how they were describing what was going on mm. to us i think i don't know if you're a non-horror fan if that was something that was played better than maybe to people that have been into horror for a long time and found it quite patronising. Mm. I don't know. I d it didn't bother me too much, but I know there were a lot of people it did bother. And um, I think with the new one, it un I thought it overcame a lot of the problems that people had with, with the previous Scream one. 5. Yeah. They I must... liked Scream 5. I enjoyed it. I like I liked the introduction of the new characters. I like them. Um, it brings a fresh fresh perspective to the story. I didn't like that Neve Campbell wasn't here. But I believe he probably sets up for the next movie. She probably will come back if she gets a better mm. like money offer. <laughs> Honestly, I was fine that she wasn't here. I was fine too. It's one of those things where we don't have if if we got the same people in, in the same film over and over and over and over, yeah. you're never gonna get anything different it's always mm -hmm. going to be about the survival of Sidney Prescott yeah now I actually was 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 there was this little hope in me that, she that would come up. the whole thing was a media ruse mm. to hide her being the killer in the in the new one that's what when when they came out that's what I was sort of hoping for that they'd really done a rug pull on it it would have made no sense whatsoever yeah. for <laughs> to suddenly become Ghostface <laughs> but I think it would have been a good a good twist in it there. would have been good i would have i would have liked to see something something crazy like that too like that's why i thought it was courtney like cox like, i really thought she was back to avenge dewey and yeah i would have liked that i really would have liked like that i wish dewey didn't die in the previous one and i can't believe courtney is still alive I, actually how are they still surviving that's actually something because they're very similar to the to the killers now in that they don't die as quick anymore <laughs> i think i think the whole get stabbed in the stomach um doesn't necessarily mean you're dead mm. is is like a bit people have survived multiple stab wounds before you know it's not like you get a stab and you're gonna die yeah. um i think they've actually it's not bad that people are, that they've kind of done that have they pushed it a little bit too far with some of the um, some of the slayings then end up not being proper slayings. Um, again, it's all like the rug pull thing. They, they, it's. And I think personally, I think you need to be a little bit braver with some of those decisions. If you're going to do it, do it. They did it with Dewey, and actually, that I thought that was quite good. I think there wasn't anything left for Dewey to serve to the story for me. Uh -huh. So taking him out was absolutely fine. He, they, you know, he'd they. Other than either getting him back with Courtney Cox or once again being the bomb. Even, even that fact, that, so sorry I caught you off no, there, the fact that um, Courtney and David, they were together and they were really were together in real mm. life. And so he references that, it mirrors their real life. Yeah. And so that's another thing Scream does that I... Yeah, I mean, I, it needs to be careful because mm. there's there's meta and then there is almost like, like you said with the fourth wall. The fourth wall is more referencing the camera mm. and talking to us. But you sort there's an in between where you're taking you're being you're going to a, a, 
the meta place where you're where you're referencing things um in real life that yeah. impact you but when you're but it's to that, that they're doing that with just with the rules mm. you know so they, they keeps to a to a level but i think when you start actually referencing stuff that has happened to the people as actors mm. rather than characters and bringing it in you're almost spoofing Mm. That's the sort of stuff I'd expect scary movie to bring in. Rather, than I used to love scary movies so much. I hated scary movies. Oh, see, that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first three amazing. Then everything after that, it just went downhill. No, I'm not a, not a fan of that. All the all the modern spoofing films, I'm just not a fan. They of. don't do spoofing movies anymore, do they? Thank God. They stopped. I wish they still did it because no. I because I grew up with that. I grew up. I loved. Scary movie, no, not that team movie. Oh, no. um, <laughs> I, I grew up with like Airplane and Naked Gun and uh, Hot Shots and Top Secret, which were spoofing, were spoofing movies, right? Yeah, and yeah. I love those spoofs because mm. they spoofed the movie type. They didn't, they weren't literally just, I mean, Airplane did to a degree um, where they were just um, actually referencing scenes from the films, but I thought, felt scary movie literally just took a scene from a film mm -hmm. which had some relevance no yeah. relevance whatever and just replayed it yeah and put a little bit of silliness yeah, in there they could literally just walk out of this room and there's a scene from a different movie yeah just, just to just <laughs> when they started putting stuff from like um uh 300 in there I'm like, what's this got to do with anything these are supposed to be spoofing horror films what's what's what are spartans doing in here mm, that's very true um one thing i wanted to pick out that I noticed that because I studied film um, um, in uni and um, in terms of the godfather of films Alfred Hitchcock and mm -hmm. how he um, or horror movies not just films how he the technique he uses in terms of representation and symbolism and the actual act of stabbing when we think about um, Star Rudy amazing movie that he did uh, um, what's that movie Psycho. Psycho, there you go, thank you. Where he's, you know, they're stabbing the lady in the shower and it's symbolic of sexual violence. Mm -hmm. And if we then look at that symbolism that's been established by Hitchcock and, you've, and you follow that through to Scream, you can see that a lot of the time the killers are sexually repressed and they are enacting this this violence and some sort of sexual outrage yeah i mean it's one of those things in horror that i've always wondered was it intentional or was it something that just sort of started to be noticed and so people started to do it i mean in um in psycho there definitely was that the sexual violence aspect to it and the genius with hitchcock was in that shower scene you never ever see the blade touch the skin mm. it's cut so brilliantly that you never see an actual, actual bit of violence occur, but you believe you have. Yeah, the cuts are just so amazing, yeah. and we put it all together. There's a there's a documentary about how all that was cut together and how you know everything's very specific. Mm. It's a really interesting watch if you get time. Um, but I think you, you, with all that um, sexualization of the the antagonist and the way they prey mm. on people, you know, obviously through the through the eighties and, and also in the seventies, there was all the gratuitous nudity mm. that came through in horror films. So there was always a sexual element to to the way people were being preyed upon and, and killed. And it always came out with that. Or we believe 
it was all about the whole um the good girl becomes the final girl mm. you know i again it's whether or not all of that was intentional or actually just so happened that the person that doesn't have sex is the person that doesn't die yeah um and then it became a trope so i think there was there was a the, the, this whole use of of sexualization to create the killer but then it sort of got turned on its head and that's the anti-sexualization was then used to create the ultimate protagonist in, mm. in those films. Um, you know, from, I mean, Halloween, she's the, Jamie Lee Curtis is, is the girl that likes the boy but doesn't have the, um, the nouse to go and talk to him in, uh, in Scream. Sydney Prescott is the oh I can only do the PG thirteen rated version of all of this sort of thing. But Scream was literally. Well, we never really see her do anything. Eve Campbell, no. and even Jenna Ortega. She seems like she hasn't done anything. Like, the sisters. Well, they can't. <laughs> they can't. The exactly. rules of the films don't allow them. And then the girl and then the, the the blonde bombshell who seems sexual is the first one that's supposedly killed. Hmm. Well, not the first. She's the first. No, no. Actually, second girl. The first girl was a teacher, and she was. They on a date. She wanted. She was, you know, was looking for a sexual partner or an intimate partner, yeah. and <laughs> in that act, she's violently murdered. So it's always there in the background mm. with these things. Um, but I, I, th- I think it was more, especially from the from the protagonist's point of view. I, I, I think it was more accidental mm. that it was a it was a thing that way. I think you had the people that were off having sex and stuff were more throwaway characters rather than it being a the writers actively going we need to punish the people that are fornicating mm. I think it was just more that the, they they did it with throwaway characters rather than using the protagonist to to be doing that with because I think it does create a different view of the protagonist if they're um, just off having fun mm. you know it's it's an odd thing that we look we, when we watch these films you do feel that if somebody is a bit more flamboyant a bit more out there a bit more fun that they almost like they're so carefree of everything going around or around them that uh, of course they're going to die mm. and um so i think yeah it was more more of an accidental find that these were the people that were surviving and then like i said just became a trope of the horror film rather than a intention Mm. Are there any symbolism? Is there any symbolism in this movie? Like anything you take away from it? No, I, I I struggle with sometimes with symbolism in, especially in a lot of modern horror filmmaking because I think modern horror filmmakers um, there are definitely some that will be doing symbolism in there. You know, that, that's, headcock that's not is definitely a symbol. Uh, the headcock is just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? What does that mean? What do you mean by that? It's just, oh, I'm bad now. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, oh, they've, <laughs> they've got their head. They must be evil. I, I, I despise it when characters get found out and then start doing stuff they've never done. Really annoys me. There, are, in Scream, the original, they took it to a, to a little point but then kept it. I you could see that once um, um, Billy's character became 
known to be Ghostface and and um, Stu, they both pretty much remained the characters they were through the film. Just Until weren't moment. having. Well, no, I think they still carried on being who they were, just without having to pretend to be good. Mm. So, whilst he wasn't acting out and out evil, mm. he was just he was able to just drop the good bit, mm. and so the dialogue was more of what made him um, sinister rather than him having to act sinister. Mm. You know, he had, he acted a little bit angry at times, but he never acted cock. He never did the cock. <laughs> he never did, did all that sort of stuff. So, it's, yeah, I, I, I think that was one of the things I, I really liked about the Scream franchises. And in Scream 2 and in Scream 6, they didn't do that. And the characters... Scream 5. Um, Scream 5 um, they didn't do the head cock no yeah. Scream 5 um, but he still became a little bit more uh, he just he I didn't see his original character in him anymore at the end uh, Okay. in Scream 2 when Billy Loomis's um, mother came into it um she no longer felt like the character she had been during the film, although they hadn't shown us too much of her mm. as the reporter and stuff. Mm. So there was a little bit of an out with that one. Um, and then in Scream 6, when you when the detective's on it, he suddenly you lose his character for, that you've had throughout the entire film, and he's somebody else. And Wouldn't that be like some sort of character arc? Like, you know, he's, that's his change. That's his... I find people scarier when they're not trying to be scary. Mm. Mm. <laughs> somebody that that talks to you on a on a level of just being themselves mm-hmm. but is still terrifying mm. is much better than somebody that is trying to be scary yeah, right. that is it's very and it's very dramatic it's but very... also like even with um the new guys i didn't feel like they really they were they weren't they weren't like the other killers in the past because their their reason was just to avenge, and they just happened to have the the ghost faces mask, and, and they had all the the tools and the accessories to mm. get all the equipment to reenact the revenge. They're not killers, and they're not like special. Like they didn't really know what they were doing. Yes, they had the plan, but I don't feel like there was a, there was a lot of there was it wasn't deep. The the darkness wasn't deep apart from just reenacting yeah, that that's avenging. That's a good spot, actually. I hadn't thought about that because, yeah, Billy had been traumatized through his childhood because of um, everything that happened between Sydney's dad and his mum and all of that. And so there was a, a deep-seated hatred in there, which overspilled. Um, you know, Stu was just easily yeah. brought along for the ride. And again, in the second one, it was um, it was a revenge thing, but. She had obviously experienced, gone through all of that as well, mm. alongside Billy, and so I suppose with the new ones, yeah, it was just a kid that. And so they're probably acting like what they think maybe. a killer would behave maybe. like. Yeah, you know, maybe because because the other killers weren't like that. Exactly. So even now with five and six, they're all actually from the third one with Julia Roberts. Is it Julia Emma Roberts. Emma Roberts. Yeah. So they're being who they think the killer could be and so it's sort of they're sort of taking on the character instead of being just being that 
So we're taking the meta thing another step where mm. the people are actually behaving like they think they should behave. So, yeah. okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing because the guy in Screen 5 that plays Ghostface is actually, you know, he's a good actor. He's great in The Boys. I um, love The Boys. Huh? Oof, I love The I Boys. Love the boys as well. Such great a good, yeah. good series. And so it's, it's, it's definitely not an acting thing. And the directors, I'm sure, you could, I'm, having seen some of their earlier stuff, you can see that they are fans of the genre. So I'm sure they would have seen the same sort of things with that. So you might, you might be onto something there. That actually, they're behaving like they believe they should be behaving rather than it being just a lazy bit of character writing. Yeah. Is there any, like, outside of Scream and Horror that we've mentioned, is there any other, like, remarkable scary movie out there now that I actually try or that we should try? Um, remarkable scary movies. There's been, there's been a few, actually, which have really surprised me. Um, Smile was one, which Do you know, I, really I see that. Oh, yeah, I can't watch that. <laughs> the trailer of it alone is too it's like so what I, the, are you have you seen it yeah so the idea of how have of it is there's some there's some sort of spirit that is haunting this lady and <laughs> and he, he possesses anyone and oh my god it's, even the poster is crazy it's very much like it follows yeah 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 it's got, yeah, yeah. It's got a very similar narrative to it <laughs> um, I can't, I don't, it's something a bit more fun but it's still scary mm-hmm. um, there is a, um, a new one on on um, Shudder and oh this is annoying the name's gone right out of my head it's a found footage film um, it's about a guy who is a YouTuber mm-hmm. and he wants to face his fears and ghosts are one of his fears um, and so he sets up this night in this haunted house mm-hmm. and uh, it's he's an incredibly irritating central character, but he's at the same time quite lovable, quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some really actual good scary moments on it. I, I just can't remember what the name of the film was. That's really frustrating me. Um, definitely begins with a D. That's the only thing I can remember. But um, but yeah, if you if you, fi- if you can figure balance. out what it is, if I figure out what it is, I'll send it to you, and you can stick it somewhere yeah. on, on here so that people can reference it. But um, that there's that one, the one that mm. I can't I can't remember the name of. Um, <laughs> obviously, we've got one coming out next week. What one? Uh, Evil Dead Rise. Okay. Which there's been some preview screenings of um, in and around London, and word of mouth is really good. It's really good. Yeah. I'm happy for them. I'm not watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of the Evil Dead franchise. So how, where did the, the the love for scary movies come from? Um, it's all my dad and my brother's fault. Uh-huh. Entirely their fault. My dad, um, when I was seven years old, he came home with a, a Betamax video. So that's that. That exactly. <laughs> my age comes out there. Um, it was it was sort of like a, the competitor to VHS at okay. the time, but VHS okay. won, so Betamax sort of disappeared. And he brought home with him Creepshow, um, Dirty Harry, and Jaws. Jaws. Yeah, I mm. loved Jaws. Okay. Creepshow freaked me out a little bit. Mm. Um, Dirty Harry. There were certain bits I wasn't allowed to watch because they had sex in it. Mm. So, you know, that that was where my dad drew the line. Um, and then the next week, he brought home Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh. So, <laughs> I was in and out of the room watching that you? one. I was seven. Oh, wow. Um, I, had, I didn't quite grasp the love of it at that point because it was still quite a... Oh, this is actually quite <laughs> quite terrifying. 
Um, but it wasn't until I was I was ten, and I was walking home from school with my brother and, a, and my best friend at the time, and they were telling me about the thing, mm. and um, they were telling me about this scene where they're doing chest compressions, and the guy's chest opens up, arms go in, and the chest closes and bites off this guy's this doctor's hands. And I was like, I can't believe this thing you're telling me. I've got yeah. it, and so I was like, I have to watch it. My friends watched it, so I, I can, I can, I can watch this. Yeah, is that the one with the lady just possessed? No, by, it's like um, an alien thing. It's Kurt Russell. It's nineteen eighty two film, um, and it's basically set in the Antarctic, where there's an alien that got, that has been dug up by another Antarctic group of uh, from another base of the group of Norwegians, and one tiny cell can infect you and then it replicates you mm. and um so i watched this film and i was just blown away i can't tell you how my literally mind blown i was that this thing existed um and that is now my favorite it's my favorite film um or my favorite horror film i've got uh i mean even even my phone case is the thing it's, it's a thing i've got a tattoo of it up here as well wow um <laughs> It's it it had a had a quite an impact on me that film did John Carpenter film. Mm. Wow, I can't, there's this one movie I remember watching it when I was really young. I thought that was what the thing was, where a lady is sort of, um, I don't know if the word is possessed, but some sort of alien thing goes into her. She lays eggs at the end of the movie. I can't remember. I saw it a couple of days ago too, and I was because watching it back, watching it. She lays eggs. That's she. she yeah. It sounds like the brood. I it's see. A bit like the brood. Somebody laying eggs. So all through, so all through, she's 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 trying to find a mate all through the movie. Oh, she's trying to find a mate, species? and then she eventually. Yeah, I think that's it. Natasha Henstridge. Yeah, species, I think that's yeah. it. Okay. I was really young, and I remember like staying close to my dad. Like for the for like twenty four hours, like I can't even be alone, and I was in Nigeria. <laughs> it was a horrible experience, but that movie really, really stayed with me. And um, yeah, I appreciate horror movies, um, but it, there's only so much I can take. Even the silent ones, mm. the ones with um, the guy from the office and Emily Blunt. Um, oh, Quiet Place. Yeah, the Quiet Place. I can't yeah. even watch that too. It's too real for me. It's too. I saw the bird, the, is it the bird box? Bird box. Uh, Sandra Bullock one. Yeah, Sandra yeah. Bullock one. I enjoy that. So I think I can do like psychological thrillers and uh, but horror is a bit. I mean, I totally, I totally get it. I can't do roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. And so there's this fear of the unknown with roller coasters for me, even if they're not particularly high ones, just if they're, because I haven't gone on them, there is this like i know that that's going to scare me so i don't want to do it i don't want to try it and the feeling i get when i have when people have persuaded me to go on small ones and i still get freaked out on it i like that that sense of fear i like i don't like that i like the safe sense of fear i have when i watch a horror film mm. so i totally understand if somebody gets that unsafe sense of fear when they're watching a horror film that you would go no i don't want to do this okay. last question Yes. Top three horror movies. Top three horror movies. Oh, that's a good question. The Thing, number one for me. Um, I probably have Day of the Dead in there, 1985, Romero one. Um, and then, ooh. God, that is, that is. What about Jeepers Creepers? That no. movie. No, oh? no, no. 
Is I it like, the, is I it like darker than the second half? So, Day of the Dead and the thing, are they darker than Jeepers Creepers? Or is Jeepers yeah. Creepers? <laughs> yeah, Jeepers Creepers, there's a sense of fun about it. Oh, wow. Um, the last one Day, I saw Day of the Dead is literally a bunch of people underground trying to survive a zombie apocalypse and uh, then the zombies breaking at the end. You know, people getting ripped in half and stuff. <laughs> it's got some of the best special effects you'll, you'll see. It's, it's incredible. Tom Savini did the special effects for Day of the Dead in it. They are insanely good. I didn't make another one. I just wrote Day of the Dead. And it says Holiday. It comes out 2023. Oh, God, no. Oh, yeah, that, that, that is the... Day of the Dead is a Mexican holiday festival. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, they do it is that, does that link with the movie? No. Oh, no, okay. it's... um, it's uh, There was Night of the Living Dead, then Dawn of the Dead, and then Day of the Dead. Oh, okay. So it's basically it's uh, the the Dead trilogy. There were other films in it that carried on after it, but they were none of them were up there with those original three films. But Day of the Dead is for me the pinnacle of George Romero's filmmaking. Awesome, awesome. Do you want to talk about anything you're doing, movie or something? Um, at the moment, um, I've been I'm trying to get a feature film funded. Um, so that that's been proving time consuming and. Uh, you know, it's difficult. It's yeah. very difficult. I was initially looking going to be trying to get for like 30, 40 grand, but then been doing a rewrite with a friend and the, we've budgeted the uh, balloon, the budget to like 250. So it's not going to be something I'm going to be able to really do privately. So um, trying to get that done. I've been writing a few others. Um, I did a, I worked on an anthology with somebody I think called um, Horoscopes, which has just been playing some festivals recently, so it should be, I think it's going, they're looking for a VOD release on it. Okay. Um, and then I've been working with uh, a company called London Horror Society, where we've been, we did uh, a short film showcase recently, and we've got a little thing coming up soon, which um, I don't know when this is going out, so I don't know how much it's I can full. say about it. Okay, maybe in two uh, weeks. <laughs> two we- oh, if it's in two weeks, I think I'm okay. We're going to be doing a, uh, a short film making competition like the 48 hour film festival um it's going to be called the 666 Ooh, okay film festival i'm so. not christian for jesus christ <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's synonymous with 666 obviously synonymous with horror films so there's that coming for us we've sent, started sending out teasers at the moment but when this comes out hopefully the uh it will be i would like announced. to be invited let me uh, i would like to be invited to this, yeah? to this. it's me. going to be something anybody can do let me, so, let me let me let me let me try and let me try and get involved in this, this okay. genre and and see because the the filmmaking style is very specific and there's, there's been a lot I could learn from it. The thing with horror filmmaking is it spans so many other genres. You've got sci-fi horrors, you've got comedy horrors, you've got dramatic horrors. You know your A twenty four stuff, which is the all comedic very dramatic. horror that you like. American Wealth in London. Um, American Shaun what? of the Dead I love oh that's not oh, horror Shaun of the Dead Deadstream that's the film I was trying to think of its okay. name is Deadstream that's <laughs> a comedy horror um, yeah so you know the, it's it's when it I find that when they when it becomes lots and lots and lots of like out and out jokes I less like them and for me Shaun of the Dead Rides that. I mean, it's, dead it's, is not horror. I love that. My, I showed my zombies, thirteen. It was twelve or eleven at the time. I showed him. Oh. I nearly loved it. But it's still a, it's still a comedy horror. It's about people being eaten by zombies. It's, yeah, even at the end, his friend did get eaten, and he was yeah. a zombie at the end, wasn't he? Which is a bit sad. For he yeah. was like, 
So, you so, know. Yeah, I'm a zombie, but I'm still looking. But that, that's what's great about horror, is it does span so much, and it can be very, very, um, you know, attainable to family. Gremlins is a horror film, but it's very attainable on a family level. Mm. It doesn't have to be out-and-out out horrific mm. to be a horror film. And that's one of the things I love about the genre, is it's it's so many different things. If you're a, if you're a dramatic filmmaker, you can still make a horror film. Oh, yeah, they said the difference between the horror and comedy is the sound. You think that's? Do you agree with that? Sound is yeah. is so important in horror films. Uh, uh, comedic, dun, 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 yeah. and it um, yeah. If you've uh, have you seen the film Sinister? No. <laughs> that that film, um, I, you get to a point where films don't really scare you so much anymore. Mm. I saw Sinister at Fright Fest, and I came out like that was that was intense, um, and ninety percent of what gets you is the sound. It's the mm. it's the the sound design they put in it. There's a scene where it's it's a lot of it's Ethan Hawke watching old Super 8 home movies. Okay. And there's this one bit where he's watching one. Um, it's a kid with a lawnmower. It's just a, it's out in the dark. It's just a one light on top of this lawnmower. It's just bundling along the grass. Mm. And you've just got this soundscape of just a... You're not hearing the lawnmower. You're not hearing any atmosphere sound is just this one continuous noise building up dread and then all of a sudden the light hits the face of his father tied up on the ground as the lawnmower is about to go over you don't see it happen you just hear this sudden it's not a human scream it's a a sound design screaming sound and it blasts it blasted through the cinema and the effect of it was phenomenal take that sound away that scene was it won't really have too much of an effect all about the sound amazing thank you so much Damon thank you so much for coming no you're welcome and, thanks um, for having me yeah please come back again and impact us with your knowledge cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's limited you've probably got a lot of it out there <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much well, no worries thanks for having me all right cheers